Ja, staat wat een nice woord aan Parshas Vayichi. So in Sia Sarfer Koydish, hij zet de Poydische cijfer, met een bunch of nice toilets van de Poydische Rebbes, Koydische Rim, en Katske Rebbe, en nog. So he brings a woord over here, I'm not even sure who he means. He says, Vayoyim, it says like this, Vayoyim, Riyas, Vagid, Olechem. So he brings that Bishnas, Tufraish, Paivuv, Parshas Vayichi, Hayisi be, he was in Skernovitz for Shabbos. In Shabbos Kodesh Baboyker, by his kid, he was in Admira Kodesh. The Rebbe asked me, I don't know if he means, which of the Polish Rebbe he means. The Rebbe asked me if I'm together with people, if I'm with other people. He told me, he was in Ephes. Interesting, he was in the summer before the Pai. But he said, I guess it's the same Oisius, Usaf and Ephes. That Evers uh, Ve'ayin, nothing. Hey Osvi, the way to be gathered is Evers Ve'ayin. Hein Kshewudim Yibayin of Evers Ve'ayin. When a person is nothing by himself, when a person halts a klein, right? Ba'anuva, he doesn't think too much of himself. Oz Yuchel Luvoy Live Agidu Luchem. He's not saying that in the word Hey Osvi. He's saying Hey Osvi means a person should think and should be humble. When a person is humble, then Agidu Luchem, he could, he could. Um, He's able, he's able to be ba'achdes v'ahavis ra'im ad kanashani ha'kudash. If a person thinks less of himself, he could be more ba'achdes with other people. And usually the way it works is that the less you think of yourself, the more you could be ba'achdes with other people. And the reason is, as self-understood, that the more someone thinks of himself, and the more highly he thinks of himself, the more he's busy with himself, the more self-absorbed he is, the less tolerance he has for other people. Right? So if you want to be together with other people, you want to be able to tolerate people and be one with people, then you have to put some of yourself on the side. And, you know, it's a beautiful art, it's so simple. And when it comes to relationships, you know, what, what is there more than this? We spoke about it recently, um, in a little different context, but the idea, the idea is just, it's just a simple idea. When a person wants to have a meaningful relationship with anyone, with anyone, and it could even be with your own children, and certainly with a spouse or, or a partner or a sibling, you want to have a meaningful relationship with someone, you have to make place for that person. I think that's what a relationship is all about. That's why I talk a lot about flexibility and how important it is when it comes to relationships. I think it's one of the most important words when it comes to relationship. What does flexibility mean? It doesn't just mean that I don't care, I'm not specific about things, I don't have a taste, so I'm flexible. That's not what it means. Flexibility means that I know how to flex myself. I know how to be flexible with myself. Self, self takes up a lot of place by a person. When a person's self-absorbed, he's full of himself and he can't move that. It's, it's too big, it's too, uh, it's too stuck where it is. When a person is flexible, it means that he could be flexible about himself, and that's what helps someone tolerate another person. Now, of course, there is such a thing, for anyone who's waiting for me to say it, and there is such a thing as being too flexible, and too accommodating, and too enabling, and too, too, too much self-nullification, and, and, and all that. You know, of course, there's such a thing. And the codependency, where it's all about the other person and nothing about myself, that's not healthy, but that's not the point. Ephes va'ayin doesn't mean that you're not there anymore. If you're not there, then you're not either ba'achdes with other people. You know, there's no, there's no you anymore. You're not ba'achdes, you're not helping anyone, you're not getting from anyone. To be together with other people means that you know how to put yourself on the side. And the less absorbed you are with yourself, and, and okay, it, it, it sounds nice, it's easy to talk about, but it, there's more to it. When a person is able to question himself, when a person is able to question his own ideas, when a person is able to question his own... Uh, self-righteousness and justification. When a person is able to understand that there are other people that are just as important as I am, and they have opinions just like I do, and they also want to be pleased and be happy, and, and let's do it together. Let's do it together so we can both be happy. That's, that's something that definitely helps to Achdus and Havas Rayim and Shulam Bayes and everything. It's about understanding another person, but it starts with first understanding that it's not all about you. And I think that's, you know, that was my first Shem Shulam Bayes, for those who remember, it's down to rain time. 
the first shear was about that. It's not all about you. If it's not all about you, then automatically there's place for another person, there's place for a meaningful relationship. So that's definitely something that's important um, in, in every area when it comes to relationships especially. Okay, so let's start with a question over here about... Um, it's it's a it's a semi chenach semi shalbais question. Okay, typical. Um, so it goes like this. Hi, my question is about my ten-year-old daughter who wants to spend Shabbos by a family friend house, family slash friends. My husband has a different viewpoint than I do about a lot of different things. One of them being where my daughter spends Shabbos. The family she wants to go to happens to be my close relative. Okay, I'm not gonna um, disclose any any um, identifying details. Uh, pretty close relative. Let's call it a first cousin. They are a wonderful from family who live in okay, a town and are Shomotari Mitzvahs. My husband is concerned about their kashas, where they buy their meat, if it's like our standards, and so on. I think it's fine, since there is a firm community in that town. Even if we don't rely on the kashas, there are ways to get around it. My daughter understands my husband and even agreed to eat only their fish, challah, salads, etc. My husband is also concerned about their salads, if they have green vegetables and herbs uh, that must be checked for taloim. My daughter agreed to eat food, only food that doesn't have those things. The bottom line is, I feel that my husband is being too strict with our daughter and needs to let loose. Although he realized that my daughter could be careful, he, said, he also said that maybe the pots are a problem, since the mother cooks meat and vegetables in them, and it might be mixed with other foods. As Sfardim, this is something that I, I wanted to mention, as Sfardim, we don't rely on certain brands of vegetables, but there are rabbis, also Sfardic rabbis in the community, that, we do, that do rely on them. So I do get confused sometimes. Please advise, if possible, I don't want to keep arguing with my husband about this, and my daughter very much wants to go. She Shem thrives on being with friends, and she, okay. That's, that's what's relevant to our discussion over here. So, in short, and this is something that I think so many people find themselves in similar situations, and something that's definitely uh, relevant to many. You have a husband and wife who are basically not exactly on the same page about what's good for a child, let's call it. My child wants to spend time in someone's house, my husband doesn't like it, my wife doesn't like it, and I do, and I think it's important, and what, how do we go about this? It's causing a problem. Now, okay, yeah, let me just start with this. I, I know nothing about the situation other than what I'm reading to you, except for the few small details that I left out. In other words, I, I don't know if there's anything, if there's any other, other information. Uh, not that I think someone's um, hiding anything, I mean, I just mean to say that Whatever I'm saying is based on what I'm reading. Now, it could be your husband would tell me a whole different story. And that's very important to realize. Um, one thing that I do want to mention, and again, it's, it's a general idea. I don't mean anyone, and I hope nobody takes things personal when I address their questions and I make my own assumptions. Okay, being that this uh, woman is writing that this has something to do with her family, right? This is her, her daughter wants to stay by her family members, okay? There's always already that, that it's, not, it's not a red flag, it's just something to point out. When it comes to you, you're always somewhat more subjective. The fact that you want your children to spend time by your sister's house or by your uh, brother or by your family friend or by somebody close to your parents, you have to realize, you just realize that it's causing you to be a little more subjective about it and overlook issues that may be more important to someone else. It's very possible that if the same situation would be reversed, I don't mean reversed that you'd be the one caring, but I mean to say that if the home that was in question was your husband's um, brother or cousin or something maybe it, maybe you would understand the concern at least maybe you're not as concerned because it doesn't concern you so much in general but maybe you'd understand the concern better I'll just repeat uh, briefly a word that they say from Rav Desler we see that um, went looking for a shidduch for Yitzchak right so it says what do I do if the girl doesn't want to come with me and that's when Rav Desler told him that it's okay you'll be put there from Yishri you come back so Rashi says that Eli is Lushan Eli it doesn't say what a vote Eli, Eli Chusser, that Leza was saying, maybe the girl won't want to come with me because really he wanted it for his own daughter. Now, if you notice, Dr. Bedesler, 
the the Rashi, the Rashi, the Pusik where it says it Chuser was not where Leizer Eved Avrom told it to Avrom Avini. What do I do if the girl doesn't want to come back? It was when he was repeating it later, when he already came to buy his basil, Levon, he was repeating that, uh, yeah, I told I told Avram Vini, that's when it says it Chusa, that's when Lazy was repeating that really I wanted it for my own daughter. Really, I wanted Yitzchak for my own daughter. He says, why? Why doesn't it say it the first time around when he said Ila Soiva? That's really when, when that was his intention, right? And the answer was because Eliezer Eved Avram didn't even realize his subjectiveness. He didn't realize that that's why he was questioning, what if the girl doesn't want to come back? Is that, is that going to help me with my, with my situation? Will I be able to take Yitzchak for a son-in-law? But he didn't realize that that was his intention. It was only afterward, when it wasn't relevant anymore, that he realized, oh, that's what I meant. So when he was repeating it the second time, that's when he was able to clarify, you know, I was really asking the question because I really, I wanted it for myself. And he said, that's what happens when somebody's subjective. They don't even know that they are. And that's such an important thing that we always have to understand. So when it comes to a lot of different things, that's from bias and all kinds of things, we don't realize, and sometimes when you're telling it to an, an objective third party who has no, you know, nothing, nothing in the story, he right away picks up sometimes, and this is a common thing, you pick up sometimes on, hey, is that maybe bothering you because it's about you and more than it's about the thing that we're talking about? So that's just something to think about. Now, aside from anything I'm going to tell you over here, right, because this is just me addressing the person who asked, for example, right, but a decision about children has to be mutual. So, and, and this is something I want to be very clear about. Anything you'll hear in the shir, or you'll ask someone a question, what do I do about my daughter in this situation? Anything they tell you is not the answer yet, because it still has to be addressed by husband and wife together. So even if you get a certain amount of clarity or a certain, cl- a certain clarity of opinion, a clarification, it's always going to have to go back to husband and wife together. And that's aside from the idea of a husband um, being the one to really make certain decisions, especially about halacha and things like that. So that's just another important thing to to say now, I do understand, I really do understand the importance of spending time with family. And I understand that many people will have this issue when it comes to Shomba, it's like, hey, you don't let my children spend time with their cousins. Right? You don't want to go to that Hanukkah party because the, you know, the people doing things that are inappropriate, you don't want our kids seeing it, but really it's so important that they get to know their cousins. And, and while there is truth to that and merit to that, well, sometimes, unfortunately, it's not always the best thing to spend time with certain people. I'm just mentioning it. And even when it is, this, this is what I want to point out, not always does it have to be on certain terms. In other words, if for whatever reason, the Hanukkah party, just as an example that I was dealing with recently, if the Hanukkah party is in a place or in a setting or a time that for whatever reason you think is going to damage your children, then it doesn't have to be all or none, but we have family, so what do we do? Maybe there's other times to spend time with family. Maybe you can call those cousins to your house. Right? If the family, if the Hanukkah party is involving uh, more people than you want your children to spend time with, but there's also going to be the cousins there, or maybe we could spend time with the cousins alone. Maybe going for Shabbos or staying at someone's house is not good. Maybe there's other ways to spend time you know, with those cousins and get to know them. So that's always something that, when it comes to getting black and white, well, well, isn't it important or is it not important? It could be important and there still could be ways um, to get around these things. Now, in the situation he's telling you over here, your, your husband's concerned about certain foods and your daughter seems to say that she'll be careful about it and she has no problem with that. And then there's the issue with the pots. What I, wanna, what, what I just want to point out is like this. It's possible that your daughter really will be um, careful and your husband should allow it. It's also possible that your husband has something else in mind. And this is something that so often, I, you know, I hear it between the lines. It could be your husband has other issues with this house. Maybe there's other things that could influence your daughter the wrong way there. Maybe your daughter is very impressionable. So maybe he's just picking on the vegetables in the pot because that's something more technical that he could point out. And maybe it's just a matter of, of, of opinion and, and being comfortable with someone's house. I mean, I'll definitely mention that 
know, children are very impressionable. Teenagers are very impressionable. I'm talking about a, a ten-year-old, actually. But they're very impressionable. And even if she will refrain from eating certain vegetables, and that alone, maybe she'll get older and say, you know what, my husband Taka didn't eat these things, but I know that my cousins ate it. It must be kosher. You never know. There, there could be a concern about the kashrist. There could be a concern about other things in the house that a girl could pick up. And sometimes somebody will say vegetables and mean something else. So it's just things to think about. Yeah. Does your daughter really belong there? Does your husband have a reason to think that she doesn't? And this is something that, um, that even if a girl is really okay with being careful, the question is both is she trustworthy and mature enough to be careful and may it still have a negative effect on her and maybe there be something else involved um, that could be a problem as well. Another thing I want to point out is that maybe your daughter's persistence, because you mentioned something that she thrives on, on being with friends and your daughter very much wants to go. I don't know the situation, like I said. I'm just pointing it out because these are things you have to think about. Sometimes your daughter wants to go very badly, not so much because she's hung up on it as much as she didn't really get the no yet. Because she knows Tati doesn't want it, but she knows that mommy really thinks it's a good idea. And this is something you'll hear a lot of times someone say something, and it's not really them. I had this issue with one of my children, two of them. Uh, one child was in a certain stage, in camp, whatever it was, and he wanted a certain toy or a tchotchke, whatever it was, that was available. And I felt that he really wanted it, and it was important to him, and I got it to him. A year later, his younger brother tells me he wants it. I said, you really want it? Well, my older brother told me I should get it like this, we could both play with it. Now, sometimes somebody's asking for something, and really, he's not, he doesn't even care for it, so as much as it's coming from somewhere else, right? And, and, you know, when you say no, it's just taken better. And, and all of a sudden, I started, well, how come you got it for him? Well, the real answer is because he really wanted it, and it was important for him. Anyway, what I'm trying to bring back over here is that sometimes, some, uh, sometimes a child is saying something and it's not as much coming from the child's persistence and not letting go and it being so meaningful to that child as much as I see mommy and Tati aren't on the same page about this. I'm not really getting a clear no because as much as Tati says no, I think mommy really believes in it. So I'll keep on pushing. Maybe if I would hear that mommy and Tati both think it's not a good idea, I'll be okay. And maybe even though she does thrive on friends, maybe there's other friends she could play with. And I'm just mentioning it because it's very important for husband and wife to realize that challenging your spouse gives a certain um, 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 mixed-up message to children. And I'm not talking just mixed-up about the chinuch, as much as they don't know anymore, um, should they back off, should they persist, who's going to win, and they don't even know, realize what they're causing to your own shalom bias, but that's something that you, should definitely, um, that you should definitely think about. Now, let's talk about the idea in general now. Okay? And like I said, I don't know any details to know if the problem is the home or the influence, it's something to, or somebody's just being a little too um, stuck up about something, I don't know. But when a child wants something... And let's talk about where it is questionable. Let's talk about a child wants to go to a home, and it's a problem. It's a problem. You don't feel comfortable with your child being in that person's home. You don't know what the standards in the home are. You don't know what they're going to hear or pick up over there. And you'd rather they just stick to people that you're more comfortable with. Not because you're locking up your child in a room and you don't let them go anywhere, but because there's an issue involved. How do you address that? And I think what's so important is to understand the balance that we speak about. I spoke about this many times. The balance of understanding a child. Making a child feel understood. The child's asking for something. I, I understand you. I'm not upset at you for asking, and not how could you ask, and why do you even think about these things, and why don't you have better ideas, and how come the other one didn't ask for that? Never do that. Okay? A child's asking for something, you listen, you understand, you validate, you, make them, you show them that you care, you make them feel loved, and, 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 and you know. Now, when a child's really feeling taken care of, that's when you could at the same time give, not at the same time, I mean right after that, but at the same time, give a lot of clarity about, you know, I'm really uncomfortable with it. Um, Let's see if we can find something else for you. You know what? I'm thinking of a few ideas. I'll come back to you about it. You don't have to mention me about it. When someone really sees that you got them and you care for them, they'll be much easier to take from you a no or take from you a, 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 you know, a reasoning or even without a reasoning. You know, please trust me. That's not because I don't care or that I want you to have fun. You'll see. I'll try to find something else for you. Do you always have to replace it with something else? No. 
but it's just a way of showing that you mean it. So that's definitely something in general. And that's something that husband and wife have to do together. You don't want a child feeling like mommy cares for me, Tati says no. You don't want that. And you don't want the other way around either. Mommy and Tati care for me. Mommy and Tati don't think it's a good idea. And very often, that will do the magic. So even if a child is very adamant about something, just knowing that he has parents who really care for him. And parents who are very firm about their decision. And parents who will try to make sure that he does have friends and does have a good time. That's something that could very often uh, work. And there's something that a husband and wife have to discuss. We want to give a, 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 a united message a joint message to our, to our children. And we want it to be a message of both of us caring and both of us being on the same page. How do we do that? Let's work it out. Now, I, I would assume, and I'm just mentioning it because it's important to, to clarify, I would assume that you do have a, a, a rav, a rabbi, right? I would assume you have someone to ask, but I don't know. Because what I'm hearing in the question is that some Sephardic rabbis are okay with this, some are with that. I mean, there are rabbis that are okay with everything. Okay, and, and sometimes it's for the good and sometimes it's not. And it's, but you have to have your own rabbi to ask. So saying that we have an issue, some rabbis are good with, are okay with, some are not, me and my husband, that, that doesn't work. And when you have a rov, when you have a rov that a husband and wife could ask such questions together, and it boils down to certain um, specific questions about kashas and paths and, and things, I mean, there's things that are involved with it. Very often, husband and wife could submit to a certain uh, rabbinical authority mutually, and, and then everyone's good, and everyone's good to go. You know, we understand it. If that's really the concern, so if this is really a halacha shaila, then I don't see why that shouldn't be able to be resolved by having someone that you both trust and, and you're, you're consistent with. Now, in any case, regardless of anything you're going to do with your child or how you're going to resolve this issue, it's very important for a wife to always be respectful of her husband. Sometimes that, what it boils down to is a husband feeling, feeling challenged by his wife, who's challenging his opinion, challenging his frumkai, challenging his erlachai, not respecting his erlachai. And so often you could accomplish so much by just being more respectful of, wow, you know, I really respect your adherence to halacha, your adherence to whatever chimra that you, that you fear, and it means a lot to me. And very often that kind of respect of someone's tamimus will make that person less, less protective. I don't know, I just sometimes I see it, that a husband is so protective of his shita and his chimra only because he feels like he's dealing with somebody who's constantly undermining his authority. So I have no reason to think that this question is doing that. I'm just mentioning that sometimes your husband might be a little too stuck simply because you're a little the other way. So, you know, pulling back and forth, we're getting stuck in the middle somewhere, which we're both okay with. But maybe just being a little more respectful of somebody's position about these things could also make someone feel less challenged and easier to work through. So that's definitely something that when both of you are, are, are driven toward finding the right solution and both having the child in mind and both being respectful of each other, it could be much easier to resolve than you think. So I think that it starts off with, like I said, you know, when it's not all about me and all about what I think and there's room for another opinion, especially when it's a husband, um, you know, definitely someone you should be mechabed, then I think we could work it out and have a united voice, a united opinion that children could respect and neither is itself the child will get what she needs, the wife will get what she needs, and the husband will get what he needs.